to the Lord, O sons of God. Bring to the Lord honor and glory. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, Christ is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down the dividing, the di- dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law of commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby bringing the hostility to an end. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and sojourners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built into it for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Peace be to you, the reader. Arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. And with your spirit. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Let us be attentive. The Lord said this parable, the land of a rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought to himself, what shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this, I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years, Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And he said these things. He cried out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Peace be to you. Oh. 
Good morning. Many people this coming week will be traveling for the Thanksgiving holiday. Many will jump into cars or take a plane, and as they travel, look upon something very important that many of us in the city or the suburbs rarely reflect upon, agriculture. When we travel just about, I don't know, 25 minutes to the west or a half an hour to the south, we can start to see silos and grain elevators. And the next time you see a silo or a grain elevator, I want you to recall this sermon. In the United States, wheat yield, we do mostly corn and, and uh, soybean but in Minnesota, but wheat, in the United States, wheat yield, that is, how much wheat is produced in an acre of land, has grown about three and a half times over the past hundred years due to great breakthroughs in farming, such as diesel-powered tractor, scientific erosion control techniques, modern irrigation methods, improved fertilizer protection, pesticides, precision computer-assisted planting and harvesting, and drought-resistant GMOs have led to amazing growth in wheat yields across this country and across the world. Our agriculture is a great source of our wealth and stability here in this country where we can eat, withstand even years of drought. We are constantly reminded of our prosperity as we take a drive through farmland. In Palestine, in Christ's time, however, farming was radically different. Disease, locusts, scarcity of water, scarcity of farmable land, Backbreaking work without machinery just to eke out a living, just to eke it out. And on top of all that, drought occurred on average once every three years there under the blistering Palestinian sun. Although difficult to estimate, wheat crop yields were there about 160th, about, yes, 160th per acre of what we enjoy here today in the United States. On top of that, there was a Sabbath year. That is, once every seven years, it was expected that pious Jews didn't plant so that the farmers and the land would have a Sabbath year, a year of rest. it seems understandable that someone would want to store up all the grain he had as in today's parable. It is in this context that Christ said this parable. The land of a rich man brought forth plentiful, plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I'll pull down my barns and I'll build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, be merry. 
But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Christ says to us rich men today through the parable to be rich toward God. When Christ preached today's parable, most of the people there were just getting by. They were poor. Their crops yielded one-sixtieth ours do today. Yet Christ asked them to share and to give. It is a bit difficult to accept, but we must remember what God spoke through the prophet Isaiah. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are are not your ways. It is important to ask, how did the ancient Jews living in Christ's time survive? And all farmers, for, for that matter. How did they make it? considering the challenges of ancient farming. They dealt with the agricultural challenges of their day as a team. Extended families and nuclear villages working the land as a team together. They worked together to meet the challenges of farming under the harsh Palestinian sun. They worked together by the sweat of their brows to yield food. It involved self-sacrifice and teamwork so they could survive the summer drought. They pooled their hard work, shared their tools, shared their time, shared their crops to survive the summer drought as a team. They contributed in a self-sacrificial way to their community and survived the droughts. But how are we to survive the spiritual drought that surrounds us today? How are we to bring forth crops in this time of drought? We must contribute to the team. We must contribute to the extended family. We must contribute to this village. Whether we are new or have been in this village for our whole lives, we must contribute to God's work. We we must contribute to the church. St. Theophan the recluse wrote of today's parable, since riches come from God, then devote them to God when they flow, and holy riches will come of this. We give to the church so that holy riches will come of it. By giving of our stuffed barns to the church we support, the church's spiritual plowing through our philanthropic work. By giving out of our stuffed barns to the church, we support the planting of spiritual crops through our youth ministries. By giving out of our stuffed barns to the church, we support the fertilizing of soil through our youth ministry programs. By giving out of our stuffed barns 
to the church to support the watering of this crop through the services, preaching, and education offered at this parish. By giving out of the stuffed barns, of our stuffed barns, we get to the church, we support the weeding out of unchristian influences by supporting the teaching of our church. By giving out of the stuffed barns, our stuffed barns to the church, we support the producing of many fruits by supporting all that the church does. While we support our team, the church, we prepare for the final great harvest in the end of the age, when God will come back and judge if we were good farmers for his holy church. Our souls will be required of us. He will come as a thief in the night. If Christ told people in the first century to be giving, despite all their challenges to even get by, how much more then should we, who live in such abundance, be giving? May we, out of our superabundance here in America, have our support of the church marked by generosity and self-sacrifice. May we help the team generously so that we can produce good crops for our Lord and offer them to him at the final harvest when our souls, too, will be required of us. Amen.